0: tevet Coming to you live from the headquarters of Ariel Tours in New York, I'm Mayor Weingarten. Welcome to the Israel Show on the Nahum Siegel Network. <laughs>
1: بن ساحب ها يضلوا katazi kill od I need all خاني بوراه كَمم ميمقفا ودي شرفت داري وشراتي دي لا صوت عك بتخ تسلخي ليك كم
0: Yoram Gaon with the Naomi Shemer classic, Odlo Hafti Dai, opens things up on this week's edition of the Israel Show. Thank you so much for being with us and making us a part of your week. We're here each and every Monday, immediately following JMD AM, which uh, we're here live, live, I tell you, each and every Monday, immediately following JMD AM, 9 a.m. Eastern Time. 4 p.m. is your old time, and around the world, wherever you are, whatever time it is, that's the time we are on. Uh, musically, this week, we're celebrating the 80th anniversary last week of Yehoram Gaon. And other than one exception, which I'll explain, today's music will be all um, just a, sele- a, a small taste of the many, many great hits of Yehoram Gaon over the, uh, over the decades. Uh, we're going to tell you, we're going to talk about the the U.S. taking out evil, an evil, evil person, and in, in such an important move by the U.S. taking out Qasem Soleimani, head of the, uh, what officially his title was, head of the Quds Force of Iran, but we'll tell you a little bit more about who this evil person was and if we have time we'll tell you about the amazing machinations of israeli politics and uh, netanyahu's um, request of the knesset now for immunity and what what is going to happen what has to happen for oh it's so complicated his request for immunity was 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 made with his understanding that it'll never be brought up to the Knesset, but it'll buy him time, but now there's forces trying to bring it up to the Knesset. Oh my God, the machinations are unbelievable. You would think this country has nothing to do, Israel that is, other than uh, play this political stuff with uh, Netanyahu's uh, pending um, trials and tribulations, but trials per se. Um, before we get to all that, another Yoram Gaon classic: Shalom Lach Eretz Nehederet. My name is Mayor Weingarten, and you are tuned to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. <laughs>
1: Baqotat hatz fonni begam Ach ein mo Israel Ukhotli not afot Mo I am the one who the world, the God who has the world, and the God who has been The Shah is the king of the people who are living in the world. The people Lo selach shlom zmon gam leiti lo tedani al teret.
0: Man dolem tot gaon. One of his classic songs Shalomlach Eretz Nehederet. It's um Actually based, actually based on an American song, which uh, unfortunately for whatever reason right now I'm not able to uh, get the details of. Because oh, uh, there we go. Uh, song composed by Steve Goodman, and here the words in Hebrew are by Ilan Goldhersh. And uh, they took an American song and adapted it for a beautiful Israeli classic. Um my name is Mayor Wagan, and you're tuned to the Zooshaw on the Siegel Network. I'm gonna do something which um I don't know, that's it's it's a little unusual I guess, but still. I'm gonna read from my own uh, Facebook um post of last Friday after the killing, the targeted killing of Qasem Salimani. Rarely have I seen such a wide consensus of Israeli commentators, military analysts, national security figures, journalists, journalists, left, right, center. Number one, taking out Salimani is a game changer for the good in the long term. Two, Hassan Salomani was pure evil and was very high up on Israel's most dangerous enemies list. Probably very close to the top. Number three, President Trump deserves our kudos. And I quoted Tupsu Kimo Ave Hashem Sinura, those who love Hashem, hate evil and evildoers. Yes, we should be hating someone like Soleimani. and the other from Shirat devorah Ken Hashem so may all your enemies perish Hashem. How bad was this Soleimani? How important was it that he was taken out finally? I'm gonna play for you um, um, two clips basically they're the same, same um, but I split them into two. From uh, Israeli commentator, Arab affairs commentator Ehud Yaari on uh, Channel 12 News in Israel. This is a man, Ehud Yari, who's a veteran uh, media personality who knows the Arab world like the back of his hand. There are very few people who really can understand and have insight into the Arab world, who understand their language, who understand their religious uh, practices and so forth. The other one by the way, I would say is Tzviya Cheskeli of uh, Channel 13. So here's Ehud G'Ari right after the announcement that Qasem Soleimani was uh, was knocked off. Uh,
2: the trial of Soleimani is the most important in the Jewish prison of someone since the trial of Reinhard Heydrich, the architect of the Soviet Union in Prague,
0: So Ehud Yari says This is from a Jewish perspective Not even, listen carefully Not even from an Israeli perspective From a Jewish perspective The most important targeted killing The most important um, hit, if you will Since the murder during World War II of Heydrich who was um, Heine Heydrich who was high-ranking officer in the SS and in the opinion of many he was the primary architect of the Holocaust. He headed the famous Wannsee conference that approved the plans for the genocide of our people and uh, he was uh fatally wounded in an attack by Czech partisans in Prague on May 27, 1942. Can you imagine this is the uh, level of importance that Ehud Ya'ari gives to this uh, to getting uh Soleimani. Here is a continuation of uh, of his uh, analysis of who he was and why it's so important that he's not with us any longer.
2: Hu uh-huh. Aya amwa wa של מחנה איראנית שמנסה להلفط את מזרח התיכון בזרועות של אה, תמנון כן هو ראש התמנון בעניין הזה זאת אומרת הוא במשך לפחות 25 השנים האחרונות, הוא האיש שבנה את חזבלה הוא האיש שאחריילה התבססות איראנית בסוריה התבססות איראנית באיराक אלמן وخوله وخوله he says that Salimani was the, the 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 brains the
0: brain behind the brain and the and the engine behind the Iranian plan which is trying to encompass the Middle East with Iranian allies and uh, and, and proxies he is the visionary that connected all these pieces Hezbollah in Lebanon Hamas In Gaza, the move into Iran, the move in—I mean, Iraq, the move into Syria—all the terrorism that results from from that, and the threat on the state of Israel and the Jewish people from being surrounded by all this Iranian, by these Iranian proxies who want to destroy Israel. He was the the engineer of all this and he had the unique capabilities to with his charisma, with his understanding, with his vision, he had all the right attributes needed to carry out this evil idea and this evil plan and he was very successful in doing it. And as many analysts said in Israel, people always a uh, quote the famous phrase: "The cemetery is filled with people that couldn't be replaced," and makes it sound like it's a silly idea that no one can be re- that that there are people that could be replaced. Everybody could be replaced, look, because at the end of the day, everybody dies, and the, and the cemetery is filled with people where that that it was said about them couldn't be replaced. The truth is that the cemetery, I wouldn't say is full, but there are many people in the cemetery, or at least some, who can, who couldn't be replaced. Yes, there were people who stood in their, in their position, who got their job, and so had their title maybe, but the truth is, at the end of the day, there are many people that were irreplaceable. That if not for their being where they were at that time who knows how history would have would have uh, would have transpired would have uh, continued so knocking out a guy like this sets back iran a long long way and it could be that puts it 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 damages the ability of iran to carry out some of the more heinous Vile attacks and plans that they had for the state of Israel, and for the Jewish people. So, all Jews, really, all Jews who care about the life of their fellow Jews living in Israel should be thankful, should be happy, should congratulate the president. For, th- for this um, for this hit, for killing Soleimani. And as I said, the consensus, l- literally consensus in Israel. I-, I-, I haven't heard even those on the left had no choice but to say amen and thank President Trump and give him the kudos that he deserves. For doing this, it's hard to imagine how important this was. Baruch Hashem, after a musical break, where we will we'll, uh, share with you another Yeharam Gaon classic, will bring you some of the voices which represent the Democratic Party in the United States, and what seems to be their inability to recognize that even somebody who they dislike, or even hate, can do something good, and the importance of accepting that, recognizing that. Oh, yo, yoy. yoy. From the movie *Casablanca*, famous Yehoram Gaon, Kol Kavod, my name is Mayor Weingarten. You are tuned to The Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network.
1: شي ها يوم ما كل lemi shaakra wa haya boer sasa hama faqet haya omer atar shaim ya la midun shakka blan Rishon mid lit sot u me akhoren za gut kola lemi lemi ya shitar kabo kola ma yodi mas to lemi
0: Here I'm going with the classic Kolha kavod from the movie Kazablan, which he starred in many, many, many years ago. So um we shared with you the Israeli reaction to the um demise of the evil Qasem Soleimani. I'm not pronouncing it exactly right, I can't get that Persian. Um, dialect. It's Sal Salimani. something like that. But uh, we we have no choice but to pronounce it with a Western di- dialect, as we unfortunately view the Middle East from Western eyes. Um, I want to share with you how the Democrats in the United States and uh, 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 they too were almost unanimous in their reaction. Which is quite shocking, because um, you would think that within the Democratic Party, which once upon a time had many pro-Israel, big pro-Israel forces, there would be at least one voice that would say, this is a good thing, this helps our allies, but no. I'm going to read to you... um, few paragraphs from uh, Michael Goodwin writing in the New York Post. This was called to my attention by my colleague, Rochelle Prizerovich, and I thank her. In a sane country which America used to be, there would be shared sober satisfaction over the l- elimination of General Qasem Soleimani. Yet, writes Michael Goodwin, yet Democrats apparently outsourced their reactions to robots whose script called for conceding that the departed was a very bad man, but the robot's reaction prohibited approval of President Trump's decision to take him out. Instead, the quibbler's chorus raised questions of timing and expressed fear of escalation and retaliation. In the context of Iran's military aggression and Soleimani's bloody hands, there is another word for that fear, appeasement. Or, as defense specialist Michael Doran wrote in the New York Times, the fear of war, quote, ignores the fact that Mr. Soleimani has been waging war on America and its allies for years. That's from Michael Goodwin in the New York Post. It was uh, January five. If you want to look up and read the entire article, it's a, it's a, a really good piece. And I don't know if this was from today or yesterday. I think it was today. Washington, uh, excuse me, Wall Street Journal. Joe Lieberman, former United States senator. I don't think he needs much introduction in this audience. A Democrat from Connecticut. He's no longer in office. He's now retired. He writes an op-ed in the Wall Street Journal and um, I'm going to read a few of the paragraphs there. President Trump's order to take out Qasem Soleimani was morally, constitutionally, and strategically correct. It deserves more bipartisan support than the begrudging or negative reactions it has received thus far from my fellow democrats that really wraps it up in, in in a sentence, right? he continues, I'm skipping he continues, that divided response meaning between republicans and democrats suggests the partisanship that has infected and disabled so much of US domestic policy now also determines our elected leader's response to major foreign policy events and national security issues. Even the killing of a man responsible for murdering hundreds of Americans and planning to kill thousands more. No American can dispute, I continue from... um, Senator Joe Lieberman's uh, op-ed in the Wall Street Journal. No American can dispute that Salamani created, supported, and directed a network of terrorist organizations that spread havoc in the Middle East. In Syria, he made it possible for the Assad regime to respond with brutality to its own people's demands for freedom. More than half a million Syrians have died since 2011, and millions more have been displaced from their home. That's just... One example of what he's done, and and what he says here echoes obviously what we heard a few minutes ago from, um, from Yar from Ehud Yari of uh, the central role of Soleimani in really orchestrating this entire terrorist Iran proxy group of countries that uh, countries and organizations throughout the Middle East that are just murdering and and killing enemies of Iran innocent people throughout the Middle East after World War II says Joe Lieberman, Senator Arthur Vandenberg, a Michigan Republican who was chairman of the Foreign Relations Committee, formed a bipartisan partnership with President Truman, who was a Democrat that helped secure the post-war peace and greatly strengthened America's position in the Cold War quote, politics stops at the water's edge end quote, said Vandenberg. When asked why he worked so closely with the Democratic president, he added that his fellow Americans undoubtedly had earnest, honest, even vehement differences of opinion on foreign policy. But if, quote, we can keep partisan politics out of foreign affairs, it is entirely obvious that we shall speak with infinitely greater authority abroad. In their uniformity, Excuse me, in their uniformly skeptical or negative reactions to Soleimani's death, Democrats are falling well below Vandenberg's standard. And I fear, says, says uh, Joe Lieberman, creating the risk that the U.S. will be seen as acting and speaking with less authority abroad at this important time. It's, it's uh, very sad to watch the Democratic Party go where it's going and um, as part of this entire movement I would add is what we can see as a rabid anti-Israel and on some, in some cases anti-Semitic turn which we should all remember and um, take heed of. We'll do another quick musical I say quick because these classic songs are short compared to the songs that we have today Uh, Yehoram Go'on recorded many songs in Ladino Ladino was the um, Ladino was the Yiddish of Sephardic Jewry it was the sort of Hebrew Spanish that the Jews understood amongst themselves and unlike Yiddish which continues to survive in certain areas. Ladino is gone because when the Sephardic Jews returned en masse to the land of Israel in the early 1950s they adapted the original holy language of Hebrew and let go of the exile In many forms and in language as well. But out of respect for his parents and grandparents, many of the songs in Ladino were recorded by Yehovah Ramgon, and this is one of the more famous ones. My name is Mayor Weingarten. and you are tuned to the Israel Show on the Nahum Siegel Network.
1: When the Mirava en el cielo y en la vi vidro luz santa en la judería que había de nascere, ad rama vino, ave rama vino, Padre querido, Padre bendicio, luz de Israel, ad rama vino, Padre querido. Padre bendito, luz de Israel. La mujer de Terach quedó priñada de Día en día le preguntaba ¿De qué tenés la cara tan demudada? Ella ya sabía el bien que te. Adarama vino, Padre querido, Padre bendito, oh luz de Israel. Adarama vino, Padre querido, Padre ben oh luz de Israel. Quando le renim roda dal campo salia. Adra navino, adra navino, padre querido, adre Bendito, oh luz de Israel. Adra navino, padre querido, adre Bendito, oh luz de Israel.
0: I'm not sure how to pronounce the name of that song. I apologize. But, uh, <laughs> we, I think we can all recognize the name Nimrod and Avraham Avinu. So you have an idea, I guess, of, of, <laughs> of the general subject matter. Yo, Ram on with a classic Ladino song. Um, going to, play one more song for you in memory we're playing Yehoram Gaon today almost exclusively in honor of his 80th birthday which he celebrated uh, last week one of the giants of, uh, of Israeli music of the past many decades um, on Shabbat we heard we, we found out that on Shabbat Harav Mordechai Arnon passed away at the age of 78 he was known by uh, almost everybody and went by the name Pupik Arnon and uh, in the 60s he was considered one of the standout stars of Israeli song and acting he was part of that whole khevra of Uri Zohar Arik Einstein Moshe Leishkad and all, that whole khevra and he together at the same time more or less as Uri Zohar was one of the very first Chuzrim B'tshuva who um, started that move. In those days, that was not an easy move, and it was not uh, uh, something that people had heard of. It was like rather shocking. Both the case of Uri Zohar and who was more famous than than Mordechai Pupik Arnon. Um but um, it was uh, it was so much more difficult. He, uh, by the way, before his Chazer B'tshuva, he starred in famous movies, uh, Salah Shabati, which is an Israeli classic, uh Shnei Kuni Lembel and others. Um, Forty years ago, he became a, as they say here, a Charedi Lita'i, a Litvisha, a Yeshivish. Uh, never performed after that. Lived in Shari Chesed. Um, and... Um, we're going to play probably his most famous song from the period of time before his Chaserab uh Nothing wrong with the song per se, so I don't have a problem playing it. It's called Balada Ben Kochavim. Uh If you know, if you if you have nostalgia for uh, decades ago, Israeli music, probably uh, late sixties, early seventies, this is one of the classics. Uh, Mordechai Pupik Arnon. Uh, he put out one album, and uh, of course I can't remember now what it was called, uh, but this was on it. It's called Balada Kochavim. So this is in memory of Harav Mordechai Arnon, who passed away this uh, Shabbat. Balada Ben Kochavim. My name is Maya Weingart, and you're tuned to The Israel Show on the Nahum Siegel Network.
3: (音楽) No gashalcha elatzedekhiu, E Jupiter bo venetsia, beshvil hechala, kos kafe afu, nirema shalom kasi obea, miposagalat tana obdola, alayla hazem shagea. Where there's BoQVN where we go other hand, hand at hand With the night's I Az altit na egli ke mo a platon, ka ele e ineni o heve. As na washa bit, mit vos la nurega lasheve. Se de feve. bayad ya deyal ra chamay atsedek wewnu sirki woshhakim karzu ko khawim Aksh <laughs> Levadosa chle lo pihukim, habitu zezug mishamai, shamayim. Perak madim, basadhedim, gamlohi tacmijah tarnayim. Ze lomear, shecede kreve.
0: Rav Mordechai are known who uh passed away this Shabbat at the age of seventy-eight. My name is Meruangat, and you're tuned to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. We continue analyzing the reactions to the United States um, killing, removing from the chess table, if you will, the um, Qasem Soleimani. On Fox News Sunday, the Democrats sent as their, um, I guess, spokesperson... That's the way it works. You know, the Sunday shows are considered uh, important by the political uh, politicians in Washington. They watch it and they comment to each other on it. It's like most of America doesn't really care. but, But it seems that in Washington these shows are very, very important. They like to talk to each other, these politicians, and sort of live in a certain bubble. Anyway, so they carefully choose who they will offer, uh, in many cases, to different uh, Sunday shows to respond to very uh, big issues. And uh, on Fox News Sunday, they interviewed Chris Van Hollen, who is a Democratic senator from Maryland. And I want to play with you, play with you, I want to play for you um, some of the dialogue between him and Chris Wallace. And I'm going to point out in advance The Democrats are doing something here, which they did in the Obama administration with the uh, Iran deal. J-O, what was it again? The joint uh, agreement? J-A, whatever, doesn't matter. The Iran deal. Which Obama just did everything to ram through. And one of the ways, and this was admitted to by... Uh, the Obama administration. One of the ways of doing it is setting up a public option, meaning in the public eye, they set up this option of either you support the Iran deal or else we're going to have war with Iran. That was it. That That was the formula. But that wasn't true. You could oppose the Iran deal, and it would not bring to war with Iran. But The media bought it and sold it to the American people. And now they're just going right back to that stupid, nonsensical, false
4: narrative slash equation. My my point, Chris, is we're now headed very close to the precipice of war.
0: No, we're not. No, we're not. We're not headed close to the precipice of war. That's nonsense. Senator Chris Van Hollen,
4: let's continue here. My my point, Chris, is we're now headed very close to the precipice of war. Uh, You just heard the president this morning talk about targeting uh, Iranian sites, including cultural sites, uh, which is, in fact, a war crime, If the president was to carry that out. Stop, 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 stop. You heard the president say what? Yes, the president said that if
0: Iran retaliates and hits U.S. targets either in the Middle East or elsewhere, then the U.S. has prepared a list of, thing, of places that the United States will hit. That's called deterrence. So take that out of context and, and, and make it out as if Trump is just boasting, threatening, and so forth. Sure,
4: why not? Pull the wool over the eyes of the American people again. The point we're making is that uh, the president is not entitled under the Constitution to continue this escalation and take us to war without congressional uh, action. Stop, 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 stop. The
0: president is not taking anybody to war. Trust me, he does not want to have a war in the Middle East with American participation before an election, number one. Number two, the president is not doing any escalation. In fact, The president probably was was too quiet until now. The Iranians have been escalating all along. And the president did not... uh, The Iranians attacked, a major attack, which got not enough coverage of the Aramco oil um, plants in Saudi Arabia. It was a major attack. America didn't respond. Iran shot down an American drone, and America was about to retaliate, and Trump stopped it and said, no, we're not going to do it. So America's not escalating anything here. But Senator Van Hollen of Maryland doesn't care because he can't, God forbid, be shown to support anything that President Trump does, even if it's good. That is what some people call Trump
4: derangement syndrome. He continues. What the Constitution requires. Look, I heard Secretary Pompeo talk about this. You asked him about the maximum pressure strategy. They've not accomplished any of their goals. They had very unrealistic goals. All they have done under maximum pressure is escalate the chance of war with Iran. So, How many times has he said in this 48-second uh, clip
0: the chance of war with Iran? I think it's been three so far. Yes, America is applying maximum pressure, which is a good thing, on Iran. Iran is crumbling financially. And America is being successful in hurting Iran very much. Now, what happens next, we don't know. But to make it out like everything is wrong and everything is ridiculous is ridiculous. Okay, Chris Wallace asks a very good question, and I'm going to play the question, and then we'll get uh, to the answer as well. Because Chris Wallace sort of tries to put him in reality. You see, Chris Van Hollen is living in Democratic Party fiction, La La Land. And here's a question from Chris Wallace. This is from Fox News Sunday yesterday.
4: But the president, and you just heard... Uh, Secretary Pompeo say no, it was President Obama who brought us to the brink. It was the Obama nuclear deal which funneled billions of dollars back into the regime that they used to spread uh, their their brand of terror across the Middle East. And also, it was the Obama administration's decision to focus exclusively on the nuclear program and to ignore all the other malign activity by uh, Iran throughout the region great question, which you probably will
0: not hear anywhere other than on Fox News. And here is
4: his living in La La Land answer. The Obama administration correctly deser- observed that a nuclear-armed Iran would be even more dangerous than a Iran that did not have nuclear weapons. And- oh wow, wow, wow! Did you hear that? The Obama administration correctly observed that a nuclear Iran would be more
0: dangerous. Wow, that's this is a good thing we have analysts and 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 um, military intelligence people to tell us. And to tell the Obama administration this
4: very difficult to to grasp piece of information. And so what this administration did was they ripped up that agreement. Yeah, because it was a horrible agreement. Chris Wallace just explained to you why it was a horrible agreement. How it
0: funneled billions of dollars in cash into a terrorist regime, which then spread the cash to its terrorist proxies
4: and allies. But... Of course, he's not going to answer that question. Uh, essentially divided us from our allies. And- no, no,
0: no, no, no. Ripping up the nuclear deal with Iran did not divide us from our allies. Saudi Arabia is an American ally, at least in name. We're thrilled. Egypt was thrilled. Israel was thrilled. Which allies is he talking about that it divided us up from? Russia and China? We don't have
4: similar goals with Russia and China. And the result has been this increased actual activity from Iran in the region. Uh, you understand? Now, you have to follow
0: this logic of this Democratic senator. After the Trump administration did away with the joint JOPCA, I think it is, whatever, the Iran deal, Iran increased... It's uh, activity in the Middle East. I mean, I don't even what to say. It's so stupid. I don't even know what to say. Uh,
4: well, in, not necessarily. I mean, you look at you look at the reports that because of the fact that uh, there are economic sanctions and Iran is economically strapped, that Hezbollah is starved for money, Hamas is starved for money. Isn't that a good thing? So I, look, there, there's no doubt that the maximum pressure campaign is putting pressure on Iran, but to what end? Oh, oh! There's no doubt that the maximum pressure campaign is putting pressure on Iran. Oh, so that he's he's willing to concede that it's actually working. But to what end? Uh, Secretary Pompeo had a list of like eleven things the Iranian regime had to do, and it was never realistic. And that's why they've got no end game. No, 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 no. There is
0: an end game. The end game is to cripple Iran to whatever extent that we can, and if we can get a decent deal, a better deal. We should get a better deal, and if not, we should continue, continue crippling Iran. That's the end game. But that was not Obama's end game. That's not the Democrats' end game either, because they're so anti-Trump they don't know what to do with themselves, or because they really believe that Iran has a moderate leadership that it can work with, which is just another ridiculous assumption. I, I don't understand. I, I, I was watching this last night. I said, I, I have to just record some of this nonsense in order to be able to share it with you and, and share with you what I was yelling at the TV as he was saying it. All right. we're running out of time. So we'll get to another uh, Yehoram Gaon classic Lechaye Ha'am Ha'zeh and we'll see how much time we have left over to talk about um, the situation in Israel, Netanyahu immunity and so forth elections and if not we'll get to it next week trust me it'll be there next week as well my name is Meyer Weingarten you're tuned to the Israel show on the Nahum Siegel network <laughs>
1: Ein am a man, I'm 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 man, I'm Landa as der Enku schmeelt in Dampf to und in He's a man who's a man This song was written before 20 Naši rozodczu ze
0: Another Yehoram Go'on classic as we are um, sharing with you Yehoram Go'on songs almost exclusively as part of our um, musical mix this edition of The Israel Show. My name is Mayor Wanger and you're tuned to The Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. It's in celebration of Yehoram Go'on's 80th birthday last week and we have one more to come. Um, so I want to share with you a thought that uh, very quickly... Rabbi Kenneth Alman of the uh, Young Israel of Flapush, many vet- veteran rabbi of the Young Israel of Flapush, the one on the corner of Coney and I in in Flapush. And one of the things he mentioned in his uh, in his sermon on Shabbat was that Jews have an important value of hakarat hatov, being thankful for a good that has been done. And um, no matter what you think of President... And he said he doesn't get involved in politics from the pulpit. Says no matter what you want to say about President Trump, whether you support or against whatever it is, whatever you have with President Trump, whatever your feelings are, when he does something that is so good for the Jewish people that will save lives of Jews without a doubt, then we have to say thank you and that i think goes for other things like the moving of the embassy and so forth so i wanted to share that thought with you also this is totally nothing to do <laughs> with israel but it's something uh, i saw it's been making the rounds on social media maybe you saw it as well has to do with the Sium hashas that took place at metlife stadium this one was sponsored by agora israel there was uh, some 90,000 people uh at metlife stadium in in the cold it was it was quite amazing so there's a um a uh, tweet that's making the rounds this is from rosemary yacono i think is the way you pronounce and she obviously works at metlife stadium and she writes there have been only a handful of events at metlife stadium that have so totally moved me emotionally during my tenure since 2001 so she's working there for almost 20 years Today, she wrote on January the 1st, after the Sium Hashas, today, definitely qualified, despite the horrific hate crimes as of late, Jews defied fear and chose to rise above what would have been the natural instinct to postpone, and they did so with a real joy, the likes of which I probably will not see again. And she writes, and she's obviously not Jewish, she writes, while I love my faith and would never look elsewhere, There is a sense of community that these people truly embrace, which can't help but be envied by its counterparts. It was a genuine pleasure to be part of this experience that only occurs every seven years. In all likelihood, I will probably not be employed by this stadium for the next round, because she would be retiring, I guess. However, it is extremely likely I will be attending as a spectator. And that is, I believe one of the definitions of Kiddush Hashem. Um, We're going to end off with uh, Yehoram Gaon and uh, Eretz, Eretz, as much as we can get to it. Another classic in uh, honor of his 80th birthday. In the meantime, we say thank you so much for listening. Thanks to all your Facebook likes and comments. Thanks to the staff of the Nahum Siegel Network. Very tricky morning this morning with Nachum being live in Israel. Thanks to Avrami. And my very special thanks, as always, to Nahum Siegel. Coming up on the Nahum Siegel Network, Yoni Pollock with After Further Review, covering the latest in the world of sports. And then Novik now with Jake Novik covering issues in the Jewish world, and then the great Monday Music Marathon. Until next Monday, immediately following J.M. and the A.M., this is Mayor Weingarten reminding you that nice guys do not finish last. They're just running in a different race. (laughs)
1: vid wash ve la di con